Good afternoon, Dennis Fithian. Good afternoon, live. We're ready to get things underway here on this uh, Monday, the 24th. Thanks for stopping by. It's, it's going to be an awesome week. The anticipation is through the roof when it comes down to college football for Michigan and Michigan State on Saturday. We're going to be talking about that game. Plus, uh, we'll look back at Michigan's uh, tilt against uh, Northwestern. Uh, also, I'll get to a, a couple features in audio a memorabilia minute, and a Michigan recruiting spotlight. Uh, that is all ahead, but let's get right to it. I'll dive in. I'll give you some thoughts on what I saw from Michigan against uh, Northwestern coming off the bye week. And, you know, I was down in Ann Arbor pretty early, down at the golf course uh, prior to the game. Sun peaked out there at around 11 o'clock. And, you know, getting back in there and, and people feeling pretty good and everything, uh, it, it was a rough first half. There's no other way to um, go over that. It, it really was. You have Michigan leading uh, 10 to 7. If it was 17 nothing, even 17 to 3, there may not have been uh, the hand wringing uh, that there was. But here it was. It was 10 7. I mean, Michigan came out and started a little slow, but on their third drive, they got a, they got a touchdown. And then, you know, their fourth drive, they got a, a field goal. Yeah, you want to, you always, I feel like I always want them to go for it down there, but I get it early in the game. You know, this is not Dan Campbell and the Lions. You know, you've, you're taking points, rewarding your offense. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have, uh, you know, much of a problem there. But when um, you kick that field goal and then, you know, Northwestern comes back and you give up the 75 yard run. You know, Limiting big plays, you know, if you want to be a, uh, a great defense, you want to be a great defense, uh, the ability to not have uh, blown coverages and, or give up like they did on the 75-yard run up the gut, I mean, that is going to go a long way in being able to you know, help you win games and help your defense, uh, you know, if you want to be called great. And, you know, there was uh, there was another time in there that Joel Klatt, who was doing the game with, with Gus Johnson, had, had mentioned the tight end that, that somebody had let him go or – you know, it was, I guess, a zone coverage. You pass him off, and that uh, they had thrown for the first down out in the flat. But you know, Clatt was mentioning, man, if they had got the tight end, who knows? It, it looked like it would have been a you know 20, 30, 40 yard gain, and you know, it was like a whatever it was, five, eight yard uh, play that they ended up getting the the first down. Those things are going to happen, but you know, it's just when you're you're anticipating state's been out all week. Uh, with the bye, you know, sitting around thinking about Michigan and and most of the people that I was talking with on Saturday, it wasn't about what do you think, you know, Michigan's game plan is going to be against Northwestern. It was like, how do you think it's going to, what do you think is going to happen against Michigan State? And, you know, so it being 10 7 there, the Spartans weren't shaking in their boots there at the half. You know, they're feeling pretty good about themselves. But, you know, Michigan got the ball to open up the second half and they got that TD to get up 17 to 7. And then, like, you know, the cats shot themselves in the foot there. They, they, or their paw, they missed their, uh, they missed a field goal. And then after Michigan went three and out, you know, they, uh, they had a, a punt block there. So, and then Michigan got the TD. It was 24 seven. That was pretty much it there. You know, and they go on to the, the 33 to seven victory. They, they do get JJ McCarthy in there a little bit more than, uh, than they have We're about the same, you know, when you're talking about the snaps here, but the, you know, that's one of the big thing, of course, that people are talking about. I'm going to talk about that coming up straight ahead. I, I gave three stars out for this game. Against Northwestern, my number three star was um, 
Michigan corner DJ Turner. He had that interception where he was he was right there. It was good coverage, and then he got the tip with one hand, tip with the other, batted around, and ended up. Uh, that was a nice interception. His first uh, career interception. He was as happy as could be. I, you know, I'm ha- You know, sometimes it's uh, it's infectious, or you just see a kid that's just overjoyed for making a play there. Uh, following the game, he still had the football when he went into the news conference there. So DJ Turner was my number three star. My number two star, I went with uh, Michigan running back uh, Hassan Haskins. You know, the short yardage ability of Haskins, we've seen a little bit of that on some fourth downs. He was over there. I don't know, like, I talked to Mike Hart about that. I haven't talked specifically to Mike Hart about that. Like, Haskins jumping over the pile and, you know, reaching the, the football out to get the the yardage there. I, I get that when you're down to the goal line, you're just trying to pierce, you know, the the, the goal line, I don't know, wherever you're doing that when it comes down to a, a fourth yard, but it's been effective for, for Haskins. Uh, he's good there. And then he had another one of those memorable runs. He had, of course, the, the hurdle at Nebraska. Guys, almost every game you watch, at least every other game, you're you're seeing somebody trying to hurdle somebody, and, and it doesn't look really – you don't get clean hurdles. As much as guys are trying them, you're not getting very many. Haskins had the, the highlight reel one against Nebraska and his highlight reel in this game was the, the rugby scrum or the push for what ended up being 19 yards. He was caught, but then he kept his legs churning and everybody get out behind him. And then, you know, back, um, it was USC Notre Dame, the, the Bush push that was illegal then, but it's, it's legal now and it fires everybody up. So he had that. He's my number two star. My number one star goes to his backfield running mate, uh, Blake Corum. Uh, Blake Corum, you know, they both, you know, flip-flop them there. I wouldn't put up uh, too much of a protest, but, you know, you got Corum going for, uh, for what, 19 carries, uh, 119 yards and two scores, 23-110 and two for Haskins. So you could you could interchange these guys. But, you know, Blake, to me, as much as I just talk about Haskins and, you know, some of those memorable runs, Corum had – a handful of runs where you just see the feet, you, you see the moves and the, and the cutting ability. And it's impressive. It, it's another level type stuff. And, you know, Corum is that kind of back and it's a great one, two punch to have it, it. We know that. Well, it's great to have one. It's great to have two. It's nice. So Michigan's got that. I think if you're across the country and you're starting to talk about Michigan, I think it's the first thing people say. What do you think about Michigan this year? Man, they're really running the ball well. Blake Corum, Hassan Haskins. So then you go to the offensive line and, and you know, you talk about the defense and what Harbaugh is. Then you go to quarterback position, which I'm going to do right now because when you have a, a quarterback that's coming in to play, you know, the we're all set in our ways for so long. For years, you'd say if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. And there was a lot of truth to that. There weren't many teams that don't do it in the pros, teams that had done it in, in college. You know, I know Sean, uh, um, Sean Payton at New Orleans was doing it a little bit, but it, it would freak people out when they had Drew Brees and Taysom Hill. It, it freaked me out a little bit. It's like, what are they doing here? And, you know, Hill was getting – he was the young guy, and, and Brees was getting longer in the tooth. But there, there's some of that. But for the most part, and, and even in college, you realize that, you know, you might have a short yardage situation – wildcat and then bringing somebody in where you say you you think you're tipping your hand where it's going to be a run 
Chris Leak, it worked with with Tim Tebow when they won the championship. There haven't been too many other rotations where you look at him. Mean, and it really backfired on Cooper when he had uh, Joe Germain and Stanley Jackson flip-flopping about everything else. And of course, the famous one around here with uh, with Brady and Henson. But so you've got uh, McNamara and McCarthy, and you can be interested in talking about. And, and listening to this without being, you know, mad at Jim Harbaugh, mad at Michigan football, still enjoying seven and zero, looking forward to the game. It's not all like you, you think this is destined to, to to not work, and it's going to be the, the the fault of Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh because they don't know what they're doing with the quarterback. You know, the one thing that that we all know if we just take a sit back, if we just sit back and talk about it, it doesn't matter what team you're talking about. The backup quarterback's always very popular. Uh, when you're talking about college football, five stars in the quarterback position are extremely uh, interesting and popular. Then you you put into the uh, the mix uh, the eye test and just what we've seen. And in some games, you know, and I was the same way. Like you know, against Washington, it was fantastic. You know, the ground and pound, 55 carries, 345 yards. But it was still like, you know, hey, you'd like to see Michigan throw the ball a little bit because down the road, you know, they're going to have to throw the ball. Uh, you know, they they uh, they hit one against uh, Northern Illinois. You know, Cornelius Johnson had the 87-yard uh, touchdown, which was cool. And then, but, you know, the Rutgers in the second half was uh, was, was not pretty. Uh, Kate McNamara had uh, a handful of throws in that game, one too high, one too low, one behind, one overshooting a guy. Uh, that was um, that was not great. And then, you know, we, we've seen a little mixture here of J.J. McCarthy and the things that he has flashed, you know, the, the one he had the absolute perfect pass to, to Baldwin down the sideline. And then he's had the, the two passes. Uh, one to Baldwin and then a, another one against Northwestern where he's throwing against his body, which is totally ill-advised up till three or four years ago. Totally ill-advised. That would not be something, but this is where the game has evolved where I saw Aaron Rodgers do it yesterday against the Washington football team, rolling out to his right. And he threw it back to Devontae Adams and it went in for a touchdown. And the announcer's like, you don't want anybody doing that unless their name Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. And I added in J.J. McCarthy because he's he's done it twice now. And just because you can make the highlight reel throw and back against your body, you got his great arm. Doesn't mean that you should be playing in front of the guy who has uh, put you in position as a, a top six team and being seven and oh, it doesn't mean that he would have done the same thing, but you've seen the flashes of McCarthy and all the things that I talk about. It's going to have people really excited about the situation. And plus you got, of the Jim Harbaugh history. So in addition to it, you know, it's always the backup and people do freak out when it comes down to the quarterback position and uh, a lot's expected from the, the signal caller. Uh, you got the five-star behind him. We, we've watched the eye test and I was talking about McNamara. It was, it was like, okay, finally let's see the deep ball. And he did get that going, but then against Nebraska, it's like, all right, he was doing all right, throwing the ball deep, getting some air yards, but then the short intermediate passes, they weren't so hot. Well, if you go back and, and look at the game and his throws against Northwestern, the intermediate throws were there and he was fine. He was pretty sharp on them. Bam, bam, bam. He was hitting them and it was the long throws. 
you know, that, uh, that he wasn't connecting on. So now putting it all together for Cade, is it possible? I, I think it is possible. You know, one game short, one game's long. You're always looking for a little bit more. It's not great volume there. Uh, he threw the ball a lot against the, uh, at Nebraska where he had that pick here, but we do, I would expect, like, I don't think the, um, the script and the way Michigan has won games up to this point where it's been the, you know, one, two punch of, of quorum in Haskins and play some defenses is, uh, is going to work over these uh, last five. I think it's going to have to fall on the shoulders more for the QB. You know, having said that, you don't have to get too crazy on any of it. Like, and if you just follow, if, if I was the coach, I put myself in position or if Jim Harbaugh was calling me up saying, Hey Dennis, what do you, what would you do when it comes down to these two QBs? Like I'm mixing McCarthy in, you know, we, we don't want anybody to leave. I'd say, Jim, I understand all that. I, I would say I would start Cade McNamara this week against Michigan State. I wouldn't pull McNamara if he had a bad throw. If he had a bad series, two throws, a, a pick, maybe even a pick six, I, I wouldn't necessarily pull him then. But if it's a situation where Michigan got down 17 nothing in a game and you know he missed a few and the team was flat. Well, then where you say, well, you need a spark. Like if Michigan was up seven, let's say they had a punt return for a touchdown, a pick six and a, and a field goal. But other than that, they really hadn't moved the ball. Would I get to halftime and say, oh, you know what, Cade, you're out? No, I, I think I would, I would, I wouldn't think I would keep things going, you know, as they have been. But if it was 17 nothing, and I got to the half and I thought Michigan needed a spark. Well, that's when the situation would happen where, and then I would expect actually, and you should too. Now what it comes down to, like, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of nuance in between that two bad throws, a, a tip at a pick and, you know, Michigan's down 10 points. You know, that to me, that would sound like, all right, that's justifiable. So I think we'll know when we see it, the majority of us, if, uh, if Michigan needs that spark, and, you know, how many poor throws or, or whatever when it comes down, I think it's just going to be that spark score and in in, 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 a, in a feel for it. Not necessarily, well, three bad throws, he's out, and we're down by, you know, more than seven. I, I, there's not a chart to it. But I would expect Jim Harbaugh to put J.J. McCarthy in and give him a shot if the situation arises where Michigan needs that spark. If, if not, Michigan just keep doing what they're doing. They – um yeah, do I think that they should have abandoned the run and come out thinking that they're going to throw against Michigan State? No, I think they're going to do what they have done so far to this point, and that's trying to control the game on the on the ground. And then when the safeties comes up and there's advantageous uh, throwing lanes and numbers, then they go to the throw. And being able to do that, being able to beat Michigan State, here's a teaser for the week. I'm picking Michigan in this game, thirty to twenty-five. That's what my score is. So that's how I see it when it comes down to the QBs. I put that uh, a very similar type of message on Twitter when it came down to the quarterbacks. And uh, Josh responded on Twitter saying that J.J. McCarthy should have been playing and throwing the ball, going through reads in the second half of games that were already decided. You get better at football by playing football. That's what Josh said. And, you know, I, I agreed with that, I, but, and I would have had him thrown a little bit more. I was, I don't need to see JJ McCarthy 
handing the ball off. Like there was one against Northwestern. You'd say, all right, here's McCarthy. And he threw it out to the right and it ended up, I don't know. It was, wasn't even, maybe it was five, but I don't, it seemed like 10 yards away from where it was supposed to be. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe that's it. But then he threw one from the far hash all the way across. And, you know, look, you know, you could see, he said, it's an NFL throw. It's like, that was an NFL throw. So a little bit more of that. But then Josh came back to me and said that not even just throwing, but going through the reads, pre-snap, post-snap, the kid is super talented and they've totally botched this. Now, like there's some points there, but I, I said, come on now. They, they could have gotten JJ a few more live reps. That doesn't mean they've totally botched it. And then one more from Josh who came back. He got in the last word who said, would you rather have him throw passes while up 27-7 versus Northwestern or Washington or NIU or Wisconsin or let him learn on the fly down 10 at Sparty or Penn State or Ohio State? The risk of those bad reads or interceptions won't hurt you in those games. Cade isn't good enough to beat the better teams. Well, he's making that statement at the end, and I'm not sure about that, that, that Cade's not good enough to beat the better teams. He might be, and he might be the best they have. Now, when it comes down to the eye test, being able to you know, move the team up and down the field, hit the hit the intermediate shots, take the top of the defense, you know, all those kind of things, it hasn't been flashy. It's been effective. And yeah, it's it's not protecting him or anything else. He has done a good job of protecting the ball, not throwing it to the other team, not taking sacks. He's been good at that. Those those things that that you know we don't. You just like oh, like I'm the same way. Like I've seen McCarthy throw the ball, and it's you know the Clat said it during the broadcast. Like you know you just have a a higher ceiling. Your offense has a higher ceiling with JJ McCarthy, and I believe that because his ability, he's he's got the stronger arm. And we've seen that it's accurate. And he's a better runner, too. <laughs> so we have seen that. But there are other things to do. And you just think about Penn State when Clifford went down. And they had their backup quarterback in. And, you know, he gets out there. The first snap goes through his hands. Uh, and then there was the offensive. He just couldn't get the team in position. Roberson from uh, from Penn State, their backup QB. Like, they had so many false starts. And, and it was a disaster. Not saying that McCarthy would be that bad. I wouldn't expect him to be. We've seen enough of him, but how how much uh, you know he has a command of the offense of that playbook. You know they're they're just sprinkling him in. Maybe when it comes down to McNamara, you've got you've got twenty thirty plays that you can go with, and maybe you only feel comfortable with with five plays uh, with McCarthy. And the one thing for as much as they've been exciting, those two Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers throws against the green, like that's not something that you're counting on. But there have been some, there have been at least three or four throws that you look at and you say, okay, I've seen enough. Put him in. I, I have seen that too. Like I said, if it was up to me, I would, I would start Kate Bactamere against Michigan State. I don't know, it sounds crazy. And, and I don't think it sounds crazy. Does it sound crazy saying, you know what, I would start McCarthy against Michigan State? Now, it sounds a little bit crazy. I mean, here's Michigan. And, and I know, like, if he came out and played great, and Michigan threw the ball over the place, you'd say, wow, man, look at look at Harbaugh. Look at him. What an awesome move. But, you know, <laughs> uh, that's what it comes to. A little bit more talk about that. 
I would expect a little bit more talk about that coming up as this week plays out. We get to uh, Saturday high noon up at Spartan Stadium. Will there be something going on with a with a unity walk with the Spartans? Will Michigan? I would imagine there have there's never been there will never be a more stringent like uh, a pregame outline of when the teams are allowed to be out on that field. So we don't have another mishap like we had with Devin Bush tearing up the field and getting everybody all fired up before that last game uh, up in East Lansing. Well, the line is out and uh, the first person I saw post something is said four. And then I've, I've seen the line anywhere from three to four and a half Michigan favored by a field goal and up to four and a half points. That's where it's at, at least here on this Monday in the one o'clock hour. Does that mean Michigan's three points better? Or does, does it mean that they're five or six points better because Michigan State's at home and that's worth a little bit? Being at home is worth a couple points. Also, Michigan, because of its brand, it gets bet so much that you could put, you could throw a couple extra points Michigan's way because of reputation. That's true because so many people want to bet Michigan and will bet Michigan. And so we'll see. I've already made my pick 30 to 25. So I would lay the four and a half. If it was five and a half, I'd take Michigan state, but I wouldn't bet Michigan state. I'm not doing that. I know it's all about the money and everything else, but I, I'm not betting against Michigan. I had a former player on Saturday who was talking about the game, and he just came up to me and said, uh, asked me what I thought. I said I thought it was going to be a pretty close game, and I, I was throwing out some cliches. I talked about it being fourth quarter, and I think they're pretty comparable. Uh, it seemed like um, a matchup of you know Michigan's corners versus the Michigan State wideouts, and then also uh, you know I throw a key you know stat out there that Kenneth Walker. Uh, the teams that have had success uh, keeping it close against Michigan State, Nebraska, that overtime game, and then uh, Indiana. Going into the bye, they kept Kenneth Walker the third with under four yards per carry. Their two closest games seemed like uh, an appropriate number to try to keep him below. How that works when it comes down to keeping him under 100? I'd say, you know, keeping him under 75. 75. But I also think that watching Northwestern, Northwestern had some success uh, in the screen game against Michigan's uh, defense. And Clatt was saying, you know, they try to do so much pre-snap stuff, you're going to get caught. And, you know, that makes a little bit of sense. You know, you want to disguise things, but you want to be in position. And the screens uh, were effective uh, for sure. Kenneth Walker's got hands. He's not just a run between the ties. You know, you wouldn't pin and pigeonhole him anyway. So, you know, they're going to throw some screens out there as well. But this player said, and he was a former uh, Michigan lineman. He said, man, Mel Tucker's got those guys running through the walls for him up there. He was worried about the game. And I get, you know, you. I think you should, I think worry it would be an emotion, excitement, you know, but it's going to be a close game. I don't think Michigan's going up there and they're going to run all over them and, and walk away with a you know, double digit win. I'm not expecting it. I'm expecting it to be a one score game into the fourth quarter is cliche and anything else, but those are some of the matchups corner wide receiver game DVs versus wide receivers. Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor, 
Indiana did a good job against them. Those guys have uh, had humongous plays, huge chunk plays. Michigan, you think about the, was it the first series against Nebraska where they blew a coverage? They let up the, you know, they've given up some big runs and some big plays. That's what Michigan State does. So that's a little concerning. You know, if you could tell me that that Michigan State wasn't going to have a 75-yard run for a touchdown or like uh, how many? They've had a couple over 50-yard throws. Hell, I think Nalen had three, Naylor, sorry, three himself against Rutgers in the first half. So, yeah, limiting the big plays. You're going to give up some, but uh, you can give up one, a 50 or more, but I'll be giving up more than than one 50-plus when it comes to the Michigan defense. So those are some of my thoughts on the game. Let's get to some other stuff here on this uh, afternoon live. I did pull some uh, some audio, and I do have a, a, a feature that I'm going to get to every day, and that is the Michigan Recruiting Spotlight. That's coming up ahead. So is the Memorabilia Minute. But let's get a little bit uh, let's get a little bit in the audio and see how this sounds. I, I talked about Hassan Haskins. I gave him my number two star. Uh, here is are some Haskins highlights, uh, thanks to Michigan on Big Ten Network Twitter for the audio. And here's Hassan Haskins with a terrific run, two catches for 26 yards against Nebraska, and the Wolverines will run it. Here's the one he pushes the pile. And What a run. I like Gus Johnson. Come on. And this handoff goes to Haskins. Touchdown, Wolverine. Haskins remains in the game. 23 carries, 110 Haskins. yards, two touchdowns. There's that last one. Gus Johnson. On the call. Yeah. Michigan on Big Ten Network Twitter. They uh, they were throwing all kinds of things out there to get everybody ready for the game. Here's uh, a game that I was at in person in the stands. Now has Fidel to face close and unbelievable. Made a spectacular interception. I was on the other side of the field, and I just saw him shoot out the sky with one hand up like a rocket. And he came down with it. Superman. Superman. That's uh, Marcus Ray talking about uh, his uh, fellow DB there, Charles Woodson, when he went up with that one-hander at Michigan State. Now, if you take that sideline all the way down to the the far end of of Spartan Stadium and go all the way to the last row, that's where I was sitting in 1997. And so that's a pretty far ways away from when that happened. But I do remember the ball being thrown – and thinking like, all right, I'm on to the next play. It was like it was he was throwing it into the stands, like it. And and no, when you hear when you heard everybody cheering, everybody just uh, looked around and thought, and and maybe I said it. I'd like to take credit for it. Somebody said had to be Woodson. And and it was it was uh, it, it continues to be. I, you know, I saw along with the audio there. Uh, was the video, and it's still impressive. You know, sometimes you get back and you say, oh, well, so long ago, it's not as impressive. But, you know, that one's uh, holding up Charles Woodson's pick at Michigan State back in uh, 97. Here's a series of highlights for the Big Ten Network. Last time Michigan was uh, up in East Lansing, they won it 21-17. to And uh, here's more Gus Johnson. Patterson. 
Widening up. He's got receiver. Peoples Jones down the sideline. Peoples Jones touchdown Wolverine. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah, that was that was the one down the sideline. They needed that one. You know, there was a part. Remember the weather. It looks like it stopped raining for a minute or two here, but the weather in that last game uh, was a factor. Came in, there was some hail or whatever else, uh, rain, and now Michigan State had had run. You know that was it. The I call it the Philly special or something like that. They ran the trick play, and I thought, oh man, here we go again, Michigan is going to be in trouble here, but they persevered. The only touchdown that Michigan state had that day and they were able to get the Paul Bunyan trophy, which unfortunately right now, after Halloween last year, the 27, 24 Rocky Lombardi, and Ricky white game, they've already exacted revenge on Lombardi. And you know what? I, I see tweets and different things from Ricky white. I'm more, I'm more worried about Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor than I am about Ricky White. But if Ricky White is lining up out there and they throw, that's gonna, it's gonna, I'll say it because it's Halloween. It's gonna spook me a little bit. All right, um, I got, uh, I got a little bit more. You know the the back against the grain McCarthy throw that I talked about a little bit this broadcast. Here's, uh, I pulled that highlight Michigan um, Big Ten Network Twitter feed. Patterson. Up. He's got receiver. Peoples Jones down the sideline. All right. That yeah, I can't get enough of that one with, with Gus Johnson. Uh here's uh the JJ McCarthy. I thought it was a Liberty can run. McCarthy bouncing around back there. Reverses. Turns a corner. Looks across his body. Caught in a first down. Wow. And answer. Athleticism. Carter Sell. All right, and uh, here's what Harbaugh had to say. Thanks to uh, MGo Blue TV, the uh, the coach after the game, uh, what he liked and didn't like about Michigan's uh, 33-7 victory over the Northwestern Wildcats. I thought it was a great performance by our defense, um, under 200 yards, total offense, great interception by DJ Turner. I mean, my guy. I mean, it's just great to see him get one of the one of the best interceptions uh, seen in a long time. Uh, I thought his coverage was really good too. There was a bunch of guys that played played great, um, and then special teams uh, played great. Kickoff coverage was amazing. Uh, the punt block uh, really schemed up well by Jay Harbaugh, and uh, had Cornelius Johnson. That's the first time he's he's been in that position. We we thought we'd get one shot at it with uh, the look that they had shown, and uh, boy, it came uh, came in came clean. And uh, CJ did a great job. Yeah, there he is, Jim Harbaugh. Thanks to uh, the M Globe Blue TV in the locker room for uh, that audio there, talking about the game. Two more things to get to here: uh, two segments that uh, two features that I will see if I can do every day. One will be the memorabilia minute. Now, uh, at some point, I'll have the the video available to you. If you're listening right now, you're listening you know, via the good afternoon podcast uh, that is going to be available that you can look in on every day, the live digital feed, as well as uh, then going back and listen to the podcast whenever you want. I'll have the ability for you to get uh, some feedback involved in there as well. But the two features that I'm going to do daily, one of them is going to be the, the uh, memorabilia minute. 
And I've got uh, just where I'm sitting right now here in the Peach Mountain Studios, I've got a lot of different things memorabilia-wise. So I just thought I would start grabbing stuff and then talking about it. Now, I don't really know if this, as I show the camera, would say it's necessarily a memorabilia, but it's a it's a Michigan football. It's got the block M, and it's, it's a Nerf. I don't know where it uh, came from. I don't know how long I've had it, but you know what? One thing, wherever I've worked – I've always liked to, if I have a desk, I like to have a football and I like a real football, but I also, you know, sometimes in the office, it's not bad to have a Nerf football. And this is the memorabilia minute today is the first thing that I grabbed. Uh, I'll have this. What am I going to do? Give it away. I'll have this football forever on the Michigan. Well, this one's a Michigan memorabilia minute. I've got other things that won't. It won't always be Michigan, but you know what? Most of the time it will be because that's what I have the most of. All right. So the other feature I wanted to get to last but not least and in the uh, upcoming days, maybe today I can even do it if I just look and see how long I've been going here. 33 minutes. Mark, there it is. It's now time for the Michigan Recruiting Spotlight. This is where every day I'm going to put the work in and you'll be able to hear the work that I put in on the recruiting front. And Michigan, as they sit here today, they have 18 commitments, which ranks them 17th right now uh, from rivals. They have one five-star, it's Will Johnson, the corner, and they have four four-stars. And with 18, you know, you'd think they've got another half dozen to go here. And hopefully involved in that would be some big fish. And uh, I wondered with it being the Michigan Michigan State week, I sent out the, the first contact that I tried to, to exact some information, to pull out some information and, and talk some recruiting. When it's number six Michigan taking on number six Michigan State, and you can talk about in-state battles. And I sent the question out and said, hey, who's the, who's the top guy that – that Michigan and Michigan state are battling for on the recruiting front. And the question was, uh, was answered immediately. And the, the first response that I had, I should have uh, done this a couple hours before the show. I just did it for a, a few minutes, but I figured, uh, I figured I'd get a couple names, big names, but uh, the one name that I did get here was um, uh, Tatum, Dylan Tatum. He was uh, a guy that Michigan and Michigan State were going head-to-head for, and Dylan Tatum listed as uh, as an athlete. Unfortunately for Michigan, they weren't able to get uh, a Dylan Tatum. So that was a guy that they were going head-to-head with. I'll see if we I pull out the next couple players as uh, it plays out. I just think about last year, uh, Rayshon Benny, the whole time, I mean, Rayshon Benny was committed to Michigan State. You look at his Twitter feed, you know, he was – it was all Michigan State. He was, and then signing day happened, and he didn't sign with Michigan State. And then it was like, well, why isn't he signing? And, and I still didn't think that it was going to be blue for Rayshon Betty, but they flipped him. They flipped him, flipped his, uh, edited his Twitter feed, and you know he became part of the Michigan class. That kind of stuff happens. And I know, and I just saw him get his most extensive work of the year. Andrell Anthony, where's the number one? And and Anthony wearing number one at Michigan, he's going to fire you up, especially when he's a wide receiver. Most ones, not all, 
our uh, our wideouts, but you know he was in early for spring. Anthony, he's been one of those freshmen that have been mentioned when JJ McCarthy and Donovan Edwards have been going out to the stadium and and working out in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. Anthony's been involved in that freshman group that have, have uh, put in the work over the top, you know, to try to stay uh, healthy. I, I got to or stay uh, engaged, not healthy. Stay uh, engaged. I got to believe that. Michigan's going to put something in for Andrew Anthony. Is it going to be just a reverse? Going to be a reverse throws? Going to be what are we talking about? Statue of Liberty. Both teams have had success with the flea flicker this year. I would bet both teams would go to the flea flicker. And then you know the different uh, uh, wrinkles that you might want to put in. But you know I'm just going to go ahead and my Monday prediction: a wrinkle with uh, with Anthony here. Uh, that has been the Michigan recruiting spotlight. All right. Uh, that is going to do it for the broadcast here. Thanks for, for listening. Like I said, the availability video wise is coming your way. Plus there'll be a chance for you to uh, give your feedback uh, instantly. I, I might have, you know, just and that's like with typing it in for feedback. I also might have, I also am working on and it's close. By Monday, I'm hoping to get it a week from today where you can call in, you can call in, or you can actually come in with video. So all of those things out there, if you're a Michigan fan every day, you're like, oh, I want more Michigan news. I want more sports. Well, you got more. So you got that going for you. Thanks uh, for watching, and I'll talk at you tomorrow. Oh.